listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. For episode 55, we have History of Time, aka Roy Varley. This is kind of a throwback episode. Uh, Roy and I actually did this interview last October while I was still living in Seattle. I encountered History of Times music early on during my time in the city. We played a few gigs together. He's a unique dude, and uh, he does a lot of different genres and styles at once, so he's a little hard to pin down, but he's got a great singing voice and some fun jams. So before our conversation, I'm going to play you a History of Time song now called Center of the City.
I think it's just like anything else, like whether you start skiing younger and then by the time like you're a teenager, like or whatever, you're like almost professional level. Yeah. But with me starting uh music later in life, like I realize like I'm finally at the point where I can you know, I'm starting to get above that average level, I feel like making these decisions, you know, it's a lot Yeah, you're harder thinking more critically about what you're trying to do and how to achieve mm-hmm. a certain kind of sound. You're going beyond just kind of the dabbler level i guess you're saying yeah yeah so when did you start making music um i've always this is kind of funny i've always liked lincoln park and i used to like write raps like they used to based off uh i think it was hybrid theory and i just liked the artwork how they had the lyrics like inside the cds and stuff like all written out all weird so that was definitely like one of my first influences or like rap hip-hop music was like a big influence yeah just to like kind of observe and like the killers, but I didn't really start till the end of high school is when I was really starting to learn guitar mm-hmm. a little bit. And then once I got into college is when I was like, I want to start trying this. So it's been like, it's been like six or seven years. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Not a terribly long time. Yeah. So you were listening to Lincoln Park in middle school and high school? Um. Yeah. Even like, I think I was like in fifth grade or something. So... You heard that kind of music, but then you were inspired to learn guitar. Yeah. So. Um, I really wanted to do drums when I, back in the day, but uh, my mom wouldn't let me, I guess. Oh, because you didn't have room for it? Uh, yeah, whatever reason she had. But, uh, Did you grow up in the suburbs? No, um, I moved around from Chicago to Wyoming as like a really young kid. They really wanted me to become more outdoorsy. Because they were city people. Yeah. So that was, like, really... They're pushing on me, like, biking and skiing and um, soccer, hockey. Just doing a lot of that. So that was... And it was really snowy in Wyoming. So that was pretty crazy living, like, in the middle of nowhere. It's, like, definitely kind of, like, a spiritual place, but also a very isolated. Yeah. Yeah, isolated. I mean, it's the least populated state. I mean, I guess besides Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you remember Chicago at all? Um, yeah, I remember our neighbors. And, like, we lived, like, in an apartment. And, um, you know, just a lot more people, diversity, good food. So how used did you get to that before you had to make the shift to Wyoming? Um, I was still really young, so, like, it didn't really matter. But, like, we would go back there or we'd go back to Texas, which is where my grandparents were from. Oh. So we kind of, like... We kind of traveled a lot. So you had ties in a fl- few different places. Yeah, totally. And, like, it was neat um, seeing different sides of the country. I think that's always going to be represented in my music as well as, like, a traveler in a sense. Yeah. Take on a diverse set of uh, influences, different mm-hmm. perspectives. Yeah. It was just, like, we'd play in the snow and drink hot chocolate mm-hmm. and just, like, do little silly outdoor things, throw snowballs at people. And then I started learning hockey, and that was a huge part of my upbringing, like with traveling for sports with hockey. and Yeah, but I always adored music. Like my, my parents would let me get pretty cool CDs, like not really too many rock CDs because mm-hmm. I guess they were against uh, 
explicit the Satan, music. Satan music and like, oh really and cussing or yeah cu- I anything mean, cussing cussing and like okay. they weren't letting me listen to Ozzy Osbourne I guess as a kid but um no like they let let me get like Outkast CDs like Outkast okay yeah. um I got the Killers Queen Bob Marley some good listening yeah it was dope and then like even just like movie uh, CDs. Like all that compilation of like different types of music. Yeah. That was a big fascination for me hmm. to kind of like try what I'm doing now with History of Time, where like we're re- we really are messing with different genres from like folk to more poppy sounding to experimental and then to like kind of like trappy hip hop with yeah. some of the rappers we've met while being here. So, when did you start History of Time? I think because of art history class. In college, I was just sitting there, and uh, I thought it was so cool how, like, every few weeks we'd change from a different decade of artwork, and I wanted to figure out how to apply that to my music, so I started kind of going with that name of History of Time. So, different eras? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, it was all because of great kind of, like, self-discovery moments, like, with those first few years of college, and I really wasn't that good when that came up. Like, I was kind of playing guitar. Yeah, you were just starting out. Yeah. So. The concept is you you cover a lot of ground, a lot of different sounds, different styles. Mm. Like I time travel. Time travel, yeah. But, like, the origins, regardless of all the, the musical tastes and influences that were coming to me throughout my life. Yeah. Like, it, it all really was, like, folk music. Okay. And, and going to school in Colorado and living in Wyoming, like, bluegrass and country influence, kind of. More bluegrass. So what was the folk stuff you were listening to? I, I think that's what I was creating, regardless of what so, I was listening so to. So you were listening to, like, Bob Hip-Bar, Marley and Lincoln yeah. Park and yeah. a bunch of these more kind of modern artists, reggae or hip-hop or whatever, mm-hmm. but then from the get-go you were, like, a folk guy? Yeah, just kind of, like, naturally that's what was happening. Huh. Or even, like, a Jack Johnson influence with so, what I was But, doing. I mean, how significant was that in your... Musical listening, like, were you... Um, That was probably happening around the same time as I was creating that stuff. Okay, so it was parallel to, like, uh, the hip-hop interests. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I think whatever was, like, some sort of political-driven or message-driven yeah. uh, lyrics, I'd be like, okay, that's what I want to be a part of. That'd be your of. thing. And, like, you know, Bonnie Vare or, like, Tallest Man on the Earth and, like, people like that, that's, like... That's probably where my sound is getting its bigger influences. Like my older stuff. Yeah. Okay. Is getting its influence from like even that one time we played at I played at Stoneway like some folk stuff. Yeah, I mean singing and playing guitar. If that's how you start out. It's yeah. I guess yeah. it's not too uh, difficult to make folk music yeah. your your point of interest. And like I think a big thing as well while I was in college was like I kind of had like a chip on my shoulder or like I need to prove I could catch up with the musicality because you felt because you're starting late late. and like i meet kids that wouldn't want to jam with me or whatever because i couldn't keep up or like even my roommate like he's a really good jazz drummer like he kind of would take my stuff seriously but then he he was just so beyond where i was at so i was like always kind of like trying to get to where they're at whoever it was and just um this is funny too i went to college with a lot of hawaiian kids because I guess it's, like, the same price between Colorado and Hawaii, if mm-hmm. you, sister schools. 
and uh, they would teach me a lot of stuff, mm. a lot of Hawaiian influenced in the rhythms and the kind of like slap playing that they, that they would do with their ukes and stuff. So, huh. So you took on all these uh, musical experiences yeah, from yeah. college and then uh, you moved to Seattle? Right yeah, yeah, that? heck yeah. Um, I dipped here right after and I remember going to like Capitol Hill block party meeting a few people from Wyoming out here to kind of show me around, being like, yeah, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go to a city and learn more about it. But damn, I'm really not there yet, so what should I do? So I started talking to people about music schools, Yeah. and I started going to Shoreline for the production. So Shoreline, just north of Seattle. Yeah, Shoreline yeah. Community College. Yeah. So they, you heard that they had a pretty killer music program. Yeah, it was wild. I was looking at another college, and this guy's like, they have a good audio program. And they'll teach you how to use like Logic, Ableton, Pro Tools. Went there like the next day and, and met a lot of the people that work there. So I was just kind of like, I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna do it. And um, that's really where a lot of that networking began. Oh. Was meeting like studio like kids who became studio musicians. Yeah, yeah. Or meeting producers who could mix my stuff or teachers that could help get gigs, like stuff like that. So good community up there. Yeah, it, it really was amazing. Like, I don't, it was almost like a mystical adventure. Mystical it lo- adventure. It looks like Harry Potter up there. Like, the, the music building is, like, next to the wilderness. Uh-huh. And it's away from all the other buildings. Oh. So it looks like it's all the weirdo. Like, kids smoking cigarettes and, like. Next to the forest. Being musicians. Yeah, that was super neat. Like, some of those professors, like, they're really good at funk or jazz. And a lot of those kids get good at that. And then you, you know, you have people that now work at the studios or venues throughout Seattle mm. that went there. So Nice. So how long ago did you finish up there with that I, program? I didn't finish, but like I was like almost halfway through. You got what you needed out of yeah, it. Yeah, in a sense, like I kinda wanna go back somewhere to maybe do it, like mm-hmm. finish a program like that. But I was mostly just I was honestly doing it to network. Yeah. And uh, and get better at theory. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, we met, like, seven or eight people that I still kind of, like, do stuff with. That's so it's, great. It's pretty crazy. And just seeing how everyone got better, that was a big – and it was kind of crazy going back to college life and <laughs> being, all like, crazy again, I guess. Are you a big like, party guy? Um, Not really, but it was funny for the times that we would party with weird music kids or go to or go to, like, costume parties and shit. Because a lot of the kids live in houses near campus there, uh-huh. like with a bunch of music kids, and throw they throw like house concerts, and that was one of the dopest things I think about the Seattle experience is like good house show. Yeah, like people really trying to like do an underground scene for like indie music or psychedelic music, and I was just like enjoying being like there for the ride. Yeah, you know, like the Ant Hill is like a huge one. Like yeah, I should look into it. I have only been an audience member at house shows i don't think yeah. i've ever played a house show but it is a nice cool dynamic compared yeah. to playing at like a you know a business a formal venue yeah like people will get really almost like free or like really punk rockish like the people like step in the audience or like people are crowd surfing and sweaty oh they get wild um huh? you know people drinking or whatever but like even some of the earlier like crews of people like i think they were called kicked out like they they would do like secret shows like underneath the highway 
or like under I five. Yeah, like near Marginal Way, I think the wow. skate park, or like they would do ones like near Georgetown, like near the water, the waterfront near warehouses and shit. Uh-huh. And um, those were those were so neat. That was like my that was a long time ago. It was just these group of like, you know, kind of punkish kids, and that was a big influence too. Like I wish I could have been more part of that, but like. I know I was kind of like doing my own thing at that time, like really trying to make my sound. So you've tried all these different styles, obviously. You've (laughs) worked on a lot of stuff. Where do you think you're at at this point? Have you kind of been able to... Yeah, it was like coming of age. Yeah. Yeah, these three years, like... uh, So where do you think you're at now compared to... uh, It's like I want to slightly bring in that electronic hip-hop influence, but I think I really need to start like making more of the acoustic-y with a full band mm-hmm. or, you know, getting studio musicians to kind of, like, add add good things to it. Like, because it's, it's so fun. Have a filled-out sound. Yeah, like, even, like, Nako Bear, like, he uh, he's, like, I guess kind of, like, an indie artist with, like, more, like, Native American-influenced, uh, like, singing in it. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's, like, a neat combo. But, uh... Yeah, there's the opportunities to combine yeah. different genres that you wouldn't necessarily or, think of as going together. Or even something, get something interesting sometimes. Yeah, like even something I've heard in the past, like when people look at my music that or other musicians are like kind of telling me to go for like a Citizen Cope kind of feel. So what do they do? And that's that's like a indie folk guy, I feel like. Uh-huh. But then he has like little hip-hop tidbits. Like they'll maybe like a hip-hop drum beat, like okay. drum beat or like kind of rap singing you know which is which is kind of dope like it's a it's a mad influence for sure like uh mixing and singing and a little bit of rap here yeah and, and like i mean if i keep doing it at a higher level like i wouldn't mind kind of orchestrating something that does go through different genres you know if if people really catch on to it yeah, you and try like, this thing, you try that thing. Yeah, it's kind of like it almost make it like a conceptual exercise. Yeah, it almost make it like a, a theatrical event for the listener. And I'm very visually driven because like what I originally went to school for was like business and art, and a lot of that was like managing and hosting art events. Oh. So I wouldn't mind like having more of that going on. Like I was even talking to a guy, and you guys have probably considered this too. Like, you know, having projectors playing while you're while you're having some sort of image going yeah Yeah, that's definitely one route to take and i know that's like big with dance communities like the dance djs but you know that'd be super cool to kind of make it yeah like more of a theatrical so what kind of events were you involved with when you were working um during college that first time we would host like big art like during like art walks Mm -hmm. they'd rent out like warehouses you know five to eight main artists and they could sell their work there or at least distri- like show it yeah. and like have like a DJ or, or band playing, you know, a bunch of free food or something. And the events would just go late and you'd, it'd be more like a networking opportunity for people and for musicians to play. So I've always kind of been community driven since, uh, since college. Just like seeing kind of thing. different artists come together. Yeah, it was dope because like, and- yeah, because I wasn't like fully there yet. Musically, I was like, I still want to be a part of it somehow. So, so what kind of visual art have you been attracted to? What, what um, are you, what yeah, are you a fan I, of? maybe even get a link on the on the podcast of this one. We just released that time lapse video of the city, 
and uh that was so you you did a music yeah, video that was, was time lapse of different places yeah. around the city of seattle yeah it was originally yeah, was titled cool. about 7-eleven the one below the space needle so what's the significance of 7-eleven it's like our friend used to live over there and uh they would always go there and get 40s or cigarettes so he lived at an apartment near yeah, yeah. 7-eleven yeah 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 and like um like right like he his place was like you know you could see the needle mm-hmm. like pretty like you're like he was like half you know he's like a third of the way you know up the needle-ish kind of and um they would always just go there to get whatever they wanted before they'd go party or like before they'd do whatever and it was just kind of funny just like a corner store or no like you know it was the significance is that it was next to the needle so you're just seeing all these different types of people so i thought it's it would be a central location yeah. yeah and like seeks is near there and it's off of denny which is like a pretty popping area too or street so i was like we should do a time lapse in this whole area this region and we started doing that but the editor and filmers were kind of getting bored with just that section mm-hmm. so we just started filming at fremont ballard uh discovery park yeah, all over u district and like we would have liked to get more south seattle stuff or like columbia city but um we didn't have enough room at that point because we filmed so much and like it overall you know it was obviously influenced by other people who had done similar things like there's some really good time lapse videos of seattle mm-hmm. on the internet um whether it's capturing the ferries or like the rainy seasons like of the, the skyscrapers and stuff it's really cool but um yeah we're pretty satisfied with how it turned out some of the really great shots in that are of the gum wall Oh, hikes. yeah, that thing. It was wild, yeah, and the, the lighting was really good when we were there. And then um, the other one at the the U District stop for uh, the transport, the, the light rail. It's It was such good lighting. It was, like, crazy. So what is it about the city of Seattle that compelled you to make such a, uh, a large-scale video of it? Um, it kind of just freaking happened, like... Cause we got bored, and like we're like, this were is... you hanging out at that Seven Eleven? Oh no, no, like we, no, we had a lot of talking there for sure when we first did that. Like, and it's kind of funny that that shot is at the end, and it's not really that big of a deal in the video, but like that's where we really started talking about maybe doing more. And then Chris was just down. Uh, his filmer name is C M Cook, and uh, he's mainly a photographer. So if you guys ever. He's out here. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah. I think oh, he yeah. took some shots of our yeah. album release show back in yeah. January. Yeah. yeah, heck yeah. And, um, you know, he was at Shoreline as well, and that that's how I met him, through other Shoreline, like, people, like, filmers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, um, yeah, like, with him, he was just really into the idea of going around. And I remember us, like, filming the I-5 for, like, 15 minutes like how crazy it was like it looked after traffic central yeah oh my gosh like and also just knowing that like you know we're doing all these creative things but it's like it's a unique time here with all the growing and yeah all the people it's attracting and One stuff of the fastest growing cities in the country yeah like it uh i mean i came here first i think in 2008 2009 for new year's with some friends and then seeing it then and then seeing it now and then being a totally part of different. it. Yeah, just like or the the vibe has still kind of always been there, like that that gloomy thing that you know, that is that kind we're of we're seeing today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when I first monochrome. Came, 
came here and um but just like and even just like the the asian influence is crazy like i never been in a place like that really or not for a long time right so you've been all these different places in the u.s but what Mm. was it about seattle i mean you mentioned the shoreline program is that the thing that made you decide to live here i mean as corny as it is dude i think like macklemore's influence on like people that make music like me like you saw something about the scene here in particular and um i liked the like genuineness of the lyrics they're making so i wanted to be like yo how is that what going on there is creating that but also like a big part was just hearing how they sample music out here Mm -hmm. and i was like i need to learn that so that was a big thing too like i i wouldn't mind honing in on my production skills to be able to do that at a high level but i know it's like yeah that was definitely a big influence on it was like macklemore and the type of production the jazzy influence the sad production out of here it was really neat to me and it was cool to kind of meet some of those producers or people making those hip-hop communities here people involved in that like like alchemy union like it's pretty crazy it's like a big ass group of guys uh, producers, rappers, and singers that kind of get these underground shows and they do these jam sessions and stuff. It was like just some real like hip hop stuff. And even though like I wasn't fully involved with them, it was just neat to meet a collective that was like doing stuff at a high level. So shout out to Zen <laughs> for introducing me to a lot of those people. He is a anime rapper. Anime rapper? Or I say like video. I, I like to say like video game influenced rapper, rapper. connoisseur, okay. Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good combo. Yeah. So going in more into uh, the music making side of things, what is your songwriting process typically? Back in the day, it was just going off of like sad emotions, and I'd kind of choose some different chord strings, you know, like or chords on the guitar, and then like go off those sad emotions and then I keep repeating it or save it on the cell phone and clean it up and clean it up and then you know there's kind of a song but that was new to me like learning more about structure out here because I was way more folk oriented Mm -hmm. with like not really having like maybe one chorus and then like a long ass verse but now it's like I had to think more about structure so you'd be pretty stream of consciousness you just you have a feeling yeah and you just start playing a few chords and yeah. see what came out it was all pretty spontaneous yeah. yeah it was definitely more about the depression aspect like i was talking about a lot of sad things or like overcoming things and then as i got better i was becoming more conscious of like okay with people like this if i talk about summer vibes and stuff like that or talk about um girls or you know stuff like that but also still uh sneaking in there those original ideas where it's literally just like a big ass verse Mm -hmm. maybe with a chorus like i did that on so my child where i just talk about moving here as a young person and then i just have a chorus at the end and like i was like damn if i really structure this you know it could probably be like do well but then i was like dude fuck it i'm just gonna keep it this way we improvise the jazz instrumental so i was like whatever and now i'm like pretty happy when i play that one like it's it's dope so you kind of you take some familiar themes, but then add your own spice to it. Yeah, and like 
even I know we talked about this too, like even just meeting Def Seed and other rappers, yeah. like it made me more conscious of like, okay, this can go here for pre chorus and then the rapper like the structure some, of a of a rap. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah, heck yeah. And um and seeing what they like as rappers and then what I can contribute and how they write, like it's just like way more like on point, like pinpointing like things and I know I've like I was saying, I'm I'm like really loose with my style at times. Yep. And I think Seattle's taught me to kinda like tighten it up and like tone in on what I'm trying to convey or whatever message. That tends to make it easier for other people if you uh if you're playing with other people yeah. getting their parts on your stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Convey very clearly what you're going for. Yeah, I think you have a lot more room to be loose and kind of freewheeling when it's yeah. uh when you create music on your own or mm-hmm. build up songs just by yourself. Um so but I mean that must still hold some sort of appeal to you, right? Just uh Yeah, totally like doing everything yourself. I'll put this other too. Since you learned production and everything yeah, at you're, you're right, you're right. Um I mean I took the Ableton course there and like you know, a lot of it was just mixing other people's audio in the beginning. Yep. And then they were really like, yo, like start to bust out songs and stuff mm-hmm. with more production. So like yeah, it was cool to really like dive in with what I am and like creating it. But I know like to really get to that next level I need to learn more theory, I feel like. So then I can really express it better. But um, something fun, though, recently is, like, um, because our, our SoundCloud has done well at certain times, people will reach out and be like, you want to rap on this? Or, I mean, sing on this or whatever. So that's been a big step, too, is, like, just good producers giving us, like, cool beats yeah, or whatever. You got some great vocals. Might as well yeah, heck yeah. put them on whatever you can. Um, So that's been a big kind of change as well, like, just singing over other people's stuff it allows me just to focus on the writing or, or the feeling that i want to do with it so so what do you have uh in the works now what are your your next big plans artistically what are your i just the main projects you have in mind i guess the two ideas right now is like i think i should do like a compilation of all the stuff i have released already and then also put on a few other ones that aren't going on the album a few other songs. Yeah. So in this, just comp- everything together. Yeah, almost like a mixtape of like what I really learned the first year and a half year. Mm-hmm. Get that out, give it to people that were on it, eventually really market the album correctly. So um, the, the album after that. Yeah, after that, possibly. And like, you know, I want it to be about the journey. Someone young coming to a city they don't really know anything about. Mm-hmm. Also trying to figure out who they are. And becoming more comfortable with who they are, mm. so that I really want to convey that. And I think if we finish it right, then I'll—that's what the album will be about, like really. Because, Coming of age story. Yeah, like, I, and I, th- I think it's relevant to what you're saying too. Like, you know, I'm trying all these different things, but now I'm finally like uh, honing in on what I am. It started with with that more indie rock influence. Yeah, yeah. And um, even though like I love hip hop, I love experimental stuff. But we're really starting to make that now, and it's it's an interesting point to be in because it'd be cool to be able to contribute that to the album. And uh, like I was saying, like a lot of the visual stuff was big to us, so we did videos. And um, yeah, I just want to see how. I think my next focus is just like learning how to market 
this type of stuff the right way to like get income but also attention the right type of attention that's what i'm working on too yeah yeah <laughs> you're doing all this stuff how do you communicate it to the outside world yeah it's a whole process yeah and like especially for people like our age and like the demographics that we have reached like it's it's different than you know people who kind of have a connection to like a youtube channel or something or well you mean just going about it really diy making your yeah. own your own momentum yeah and like it's, it's such a challenge but i bet it's been like really rewarding for those that did do, do it like on their own yeah, and really do it on your terms yeah and really did make a collective of people that really admire the sounds and lyrics like i felt that way when i saw the arcade fire in concert mm -hmm. it just seemed like everyone was really there to for them and just really appreciated what like, they do yeah yeah and um i don't know how long they were banned before they got big i'm sure however long it was they worked their butts off yeah and like every step like, of the way that's a collect like collection of people like that's so inspiring just to see and everyone was so calm in the audience like it was kind of like with m83 like people like that too people behave themselves yeah 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 <laughs> so do you want to keep being based in seattle keep living here as long as you can or are you uh changing scene i think the soon? biggest thing i'm going through right now is like i want to see my family yeah and um i'm gonna go back do in that. wyoming yeah yeah so i'm gonna go do that and then um kind of reevaluate where i could go and uh maybe come back here but I'm kind of just like... Could also on. make it easier on yourself and go somewhere not so damn expensive. Yeah, yeah, dude. No, it's wild. Like, my rent's it's, going it's up a lot. It's getting bad here, yeah. My, my rent goes up a lot after October. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm glad I was at least a part yeah. of something here and still, like, know people that we, like, made something cool. But also just knowing, like, if I keep growing as an artist or in a person, I can still grow that with other people, too yeah in other places but um no yeah i'm definitely just like in a point where i want to take a break from seattle so can get tiring out here do you eventually want to be touring and traveling with your music everywhere get, like i guess i'll just see how people respond first to is that first... ultimately a goal of yours though i mean like oh, what what's your ideal uh it'd be cool position to. as an artist in the future it'd be cool to but like i'm definitely just trying to do like politically driven like artworks but also in a collaborative effort both visually and uh musically kind of but like yeah i just want to kind of get rowdy with whatever type of performance we're doing so it would be cool to tour but i'd want to make sure it was like on our terms yeah and stuff Got it set up the right way first what are your politics if you don't mind me asking um oh, that's great what do you point. feel strongly that's about? great yeah that's a great point um i think like analyzing race issues yeah. It's always been interesting to me, like, being adopted. Yeah, and, so uh, you you're, you were adopted from Peru? Yeah, from Peru. And then you're living in, like, one of the whitest places in the country. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was, like, a mind trip for sure, just um, not being fully accepted by the Hispanic community. Yeah. And then not being fully understood by the white community in that type of environment. And then, then going through everything, like, with stepping out of there in meeting other successful Hispanic people mm -hmm. or uh, just seeing there's other 
it's not just so black and white yeah. with how people are labeled. And that was like a big issue with me growing up. But um Right, you didn't really have your yeah. your group represented. Yeah, and like I think music was a great outlet. Same with like skateboarding or, or whatever to find people that I vibed with. But um there's that and then also just like learning to speak honestly. Like I think that's a big message I wanna do, like not being scared to speak about my fears or my failures or, or like you know, humbling myself with that things will be okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's super neat. Even, like, with your lyrics, too. Like, I was listening to some of your lyrics, I remember, and, like, about the about the lonely guy. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Being, being Comfort impre- zone machine. Yeah, yeah. Just being, like, impressed with how artists can, like, really share a story about someone else uh-huh. or, like, an idea that is so relevant to some right, people. Right, it's... Yeah. There's a little bit of that quality in everybody finding I, the kind of the universal messages. Yeah. And like that definitely is what I'm going with for sure. But even dude, like I'll admit though too, like, you know, I thought I would dig all the, the liberalism and stuff out here. It's a little obnoxious. But sometimes yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's like, a little stuffy. Sometimes I'm like, damn, this is like I'm not accustomed to this. And like, you know, I've lived in, you know, pretty Christian places. Yeah. Or just places like where there really wasn't like religion or anything. But um yeah, that was fascinating too because it you know, it is empowering for some of these people, but it was also just kinda like, you know, what's going on. <laughs> so what do you mean by that? Just seeing like people speaking for what they like believe in yeah. or think they believe in. Giving lip service yeah. to certain things. But then being like, damn, do they really need to uh So taking push things these, too far. Like push this or whatever. Yeah. Or are they being immature in how they're doing it just because they can because they're in their 20s and oh, yeah, yeah. parades about it? Or so whatever. kind of uh, overly aggressive. It could be seen that way, but like maybe it's because they never had the chance. I don't know. Or they're just accustomed to it. <laughs> Did you grow up in a pretty Christian household? No. No. Just no, no cussing. Um, but you grew- No, my bad. My bad. Yeah, this is silly. We, we definitely cussed as a family, but I know as as a youngster, like – she wouldn't let me like buy CDs with the explicit. <laughs> like, I'd get like the edited version. Oh, okay. Or like, uh, you know, just something alternative. Yeah. Do you? She didn't want you to be exposed to provocative media. Like necessarily, like not yet, I guess. Yeah. Kind of. Because I was like, we got so many CDs. Like, I got so many CDs. It's crazy. <laughs> well, it's cool that you were exposed to so much music at different parts of your life, and you're able yeah. to try to make sense of it all, incorporate yeah. it where it fits. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's cool to be so musically diverse, kind of not ping yourself down too much to, to one style or one sound. Yeah. So I hope that uh, everything comes to a head and you su- successfully tell this uh, coming-of-age story and you, uh, yeah. you represent everything you got going on. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, I think, like, people will start to do more of that vibe of doing multiple things and it not just being like up to like the pop producers that really do they make they bend genres it's really cool to see that but um you know i'm hoping that i can at least influence people to step out of just being instead of just being a rapper or just being like an indie artist yeah and not being scared that like the next song they do is a dance song and like regardless if i keep doing this as a hobby or at a higher level i just want to know that like 
it'll contribute in a good way for young people and also just Hispanic people to be more recognized for what they're doing. And like, and I'm not fully like hating on like some of the extensive things I've seen in Seattle with the liberalism. Yeah. But I'm just trying to comprehend. And then I also do want a voice to, to whoever I'm speaking with. Yeah. Like what, you know, I guess I am getting along with or not, but yeah, I've, I've learned so much here and like, I'm appreciative of like all the musicians I've met and just anyone I've talked to just about anything. And then it's cool to see other people that I went to college that came out here too, like trying their visions with theater or music mm-hmm. and them doing big, them doing big things as well. So yeah, it's been it's quite the ride. It's a lot to get inspired about. Yeah, heck yeah. It's definitely the next phase of, of creativity. Of the like, journey. Yeah. Okay, man. Thanks for coming over today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Roy Varley, ladies and gentlemen. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, please subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review and a rating while you're there. And if you use Spotify, you can follow the Talking About the Passion Spotify playlist to hear a big collection of tunes from artists who've been featured here in the past. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song, Eating Peaches, off my 2017 album, Eating Peaches. Coming up, I'm gonna play you another song from History of Time. This is called, Is Now. Enjoy the lovely spring weather, and I will see you again in a couple of weeks. Someone to the rhythm of my soul My thoughts were cold And so was my past Why do you think I'm reframing this map? Oh, I know My time is now So many people take a free fall And these people try to tell me what they think that I should be But I just want to do what's right to me I'ma do what's right to me Happily and actively These songs will stand the test of time